This is Leave Your Mark. I'm Vince Cortez, and today's guest is Andrew Lund, a devoted father. He offers a unique perspective on raising a daughter with Pfeiffer syndrome and cerebral palsy. With a heartfelt message of acceptance and a touch of humor, he emphasizes the importance of embracing disabilities and advocating for their loved ones like only a dedicated father can. Andrew, thank you for being my guest here today. Thanks for having me on, Vince. Hi there, and welcome. Now it's time for America's favorite podcast, Leave Your Mark, with your host, Vince Cortez. If it's fly, loose fit it, it's Cortez. If freeze and chop is in it, it's Cortez. Leave Your Mark is about inspiring the world, one guess at a time. Pass the word from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb, it's Cortez, you heard? And here is our host, Vince Cortez. This is quite a remarkable story of... Tremendous love and commitment to your family and your children and all of what you are experiencing as a group. It's it's just most incredible. Um, your response to from the general public to your Instagram page and Hadley is just remarkable. And I can only commend you for it. And it was why we had to get you on here today so we could hear more about it. Well, thank thank you for that. It's, we're just living life, you know, and and uh, life changed dramatically with the birth of our daughter uh, and our family dynamic. But I think hers is a story worth telling, and I think it's important too to have visibility for families that are navigating uh, unexpected circumstances. It's important to to have solidarity and support and and show that. It's not a bad thing. It's a different thing. And and there's a lot of joy and humor and, and life in, in that experience. You are a living testament to those words, for sure. So before we get into that, I want to share with the audience a little bit about who you are and what childhood was like, where you were born and raised. So um, you started out in uh, Portland, Oregon. And yeah. you, uh, you go, uh, your mom and dad, Jelaine and John, dad was in business and mom was a photographer and you had siblings, uh, Josh and Courtney, and it sounded like you're a tight knit group and you wind up down in Texas. Uh, so take me from Texas and what childhood was like with mom and dad and a couple of siblings. Sure. I just really a great family dynamic. I really lucked out in, in the immediate family department. Uh, my parents are absolutely amazing and just have always clicked. I'm the youngest of three, but, but Josh, Courtney and I, uh, are close to this day. I actually got to spend time with them just this past week and, you know, life is good. So a, a strong foundation in childhood, you know, can really carry over for life. Yeah, it sounds like it, it was happened to you. So now in your early childhood, you went to Marcus High School, the Marauders in Dallas, and you have interests in course and in the arts and uh, you enjoyed education. So what was that part of your life like? Sure. Uh, we we relocated when my dad uh, switched jobs uh, in the early 90s, uh, moved to Texas, kind of a culture shift a little bit from the Pacific Northwest, uh, yeah. but was a part of a great community, you know, was able to engage in a lot of, of great activities through school. I did enjoy the performing arts. And interestingly, some of that bleeds over into what I like to do on Instagram, but Along with that, you know, enjoyed school, performed well at school. And, and so just, again, a, a solid, solid childhood. 
Now you you graduate from high school and you go like a Texan totally and you go to UT. So from Dallas over to Austin, uh, what's the transition like? You're getting your your feet set on the rest of your life moving forward. You're going to go for a liberal arts uh, degree and and how do things go in Texas? Yeah, I mean, UT is awesome. Uh, I highly recommend uh, just from a, an, an academic center and also just a cultural center and, and being in Austin, just a great place to be, a great place for, for those, you know, young adulthood years to, to find yourself. So what was really fantastic and eventually, you know, met my wife there and all of that is is incredible. Now, share with me um, when you met your wife and how that progresses, because life starts pretty quickly here for you. Well, yeah, we we met in 2001 or so at, at college. Uh, and from there, just, you know, worked on a relationship over time, eventually ended up dating, didn't date initially. Uh, and and then, you know, as, as I finished college and she was still finishing college, we we just progressed and we're, we're ready to, to commit to each other. So it was wonderful. Yeah, that happens quickly. So um, you graduate in 2003 and 2006, you're uh, getting ready, you're married, and you're heading over to Florida now. And uh, share with me your uh, experience there with uh, Primrose and how that came to pass. So I am a franchisee with, with Primrose Schools, which is a national early childhood brand. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful organization. I've been a part of that since 2006. My parents had been franchisees and had relocated to Orlando, Florida uh, in 2000. So as I was finishing up college and had a couple of years out in the workforce, they were looking to expand and, and they approached each of their children to see if there was interest in, in joining uh, the operation side of the business. I was the only one that jumped at the opportunity. So Christy and I made the decision uh, to relocate and, and move at that opportunity. Um, we got married later that year, uh, but it's been wonderful. And, and I now have two units, uh, two schools of my own, and I'm just happy to be a partner with, with families in the education of their young children. You start your family here. So you have a uh, son, Oliver and uh, Micah, and then Hadley. So share with me as your family starts to grow, what's going on with you as a new father? Three years after marriage, we were ready to start a family and made that decision, you know, with our, with your first child, it's, it's really, it changes your perspective, right? Like the way you look at the world, your responsibilities, your obligations. And so that was a great departure and, and start for our family life. And then we welcomed Micah. And at that point, we took a little bit of a break. Uh, we weren't sure. We kind of felt like maybe our family unit was complete. But after a couple years, Christy and I kind of both came to the realization at the same time that we felt incomplete. And at that point, we made the decision to have one more child uh, who, who is our daughter, Hadley. And that really kind of launched a whole nother layer to our, our journey as parents. Now, th this has actually been the beginning of, of what is really unique in your story that you've had two children already. And when you have uh, Hadley, the third pregnancy, you have, uh, while you're checking how the pregnancy is progressing, you have information. So there's a number of questions I want to ask you in this. Now, having had two children before and going through this process, 
Was there any sign this could happen to a third child? I mean, with any pregnancy, there's always the possibility of, of having a, a condition or, or what have you. Uh, my wife's actually a career labor and delivery nurse. So she oh. is close-knit and tied into uh, that. That's what she does professionally. She gets the process. <laughs> she gets the process, exactly. And, and so being a little bit older, uh, she was screened for high-risk considerations. And so early on, they we did pick up that that there were some head measurements, some anatomy scan head measurements that were measuring a little bit of head. Uh, in terms of, okay, we're at 18 weeks of gestation, but it looks more like 20 weeks of gestation. So there were kind of some tea leaves going on early that suggested something might be going on. And at that point, she did get referred to, to high-risk you know, OB, uh, where we started the process of trying to figure out if and what was going on. So you don't know for sure at this point. Now, does the pregnancy go... Uh as close to normal as possible as she gives birth then? I mean, the, the pregnancy itself was healthy and typical in that respect. But when you interject uncertainty into what's going on with your unborn child, uh, that definitely plays an emotional toll. You know, lots of questions, what's going on, that sort of thing. And, and so it did take a while to kind of ascertain and get some clear direction of what specific diagnosis our daughter would eventually have. Now, that diagnosis comes when that you know yeah. for sure what the situation is. We started with one high-risk doctor, uh, a colleague of, of my wife's. We really respect him, but we weren't quite getting clear enough answers. So we, we referred out to a second physician. And what was kind of being picked up was the absence of some sutures in, in the skull development. And, and at that point, uh, it's actually like the one appointment that I really have only missed in my daughter's life of any magnitude whatsoever. And that was the one where there was a strong suspicion that our daughter had Cruzan syndrome. And she doesn't have Cruzan syndrome. She has Pfeiffer syndrome, but they're very, very closely related. But but that physician, based on anatomy scans alone, was able to pick that up. And that credit to, to that physician, because it's pretty rare for, for this condition to be known prior to birth. In a few words, describe what Pfeiffer syndrome is, because it's not something that people hear a lot about or know about. So uh, I'm sure you can clear that up for us. Sure. Pfeiffer syndrome is a syndromic form of craniosynostosis. And craniosynostosis is when these sutures or a, a group of sutures in the skull fuse prematurely. In the case of our daughter Hadley, she had bicoronal, which is across the top, sagittal, which runs down the middle, and then a little bit of a left lambdoid fusion. So she had four different sets of, of sutures that had closed up. The bone had actually fused before birth. Usually uh, when children grow, there's like plate tectonics in your head that uh, grow. And as, as the skull, pardon, as the brain expands, those can kind of move out before the bone eventually grows in. So that, that's it in a nutshell. That was very well described. I you drew a very nice picture. Um, what I would like to know then is, is as parents, um, what are the initial thoughts that you have about this? Obviously, you know, you're having an understanding now, the clarity has been made of what it is. And, and what, are, what are your thoughts? 
when you receive that diagnosis, uh, you're, you're met with fear. Um, and, and when, when my wife received a phone call that, that specifically said, Hey, I think it's Cruzan syndrome. Everything's going to be okay, but don't Google it is the directive. Um, you, you know, the human nature, the first thing you want to do is go Google it. And uh-huh. a lot of what's represented are, are, you know, medical case studies in the most extreme cases of things. And in fairness, our daughter's condition is skewed more on, on the severe side. Um, but it's just unsettling. And, and it's really not until you can connect to other individuals uh, with that diagnosis and other parents uh, who are raising a child with that diagnosis, do you really reach the point of comfort and confidence and community that, that tells you, hey, this can be okay. This is frightening, but this can be okay. Now, how hard was it to find people that had the similar situation as yourself to, to get that relief? Well, so, so one thing that should be noted is Pfeiffer syndrome occurs one in every 102,000 births. So like 10 in a million, fairly rare. Uh, but through the power of the internet, uh, you can find people fairly quick once you have that diagnosis. And there are wonderful groups uh, through Facebook and other avenues that allow families to connect and share stories and, and lift each other up. So really, my wife was able to tie into groups pretty quick. And from there, even within the subset of a group, you find people that you personally connect with. And so very quickly, she established a, a group of, of mothers that she was able to interact with on a daily basis uh, that really, really helped her through, through the end of the pregnancy. And, and well, well beyond, we've made lifelong friends. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to, listening to Vince Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. Now, obviously, having had two normal children uh, and now this one, what kind of stress does this put on your marriage as well as your family? Because your your two kids are old enough to understand what's going on with their baby sister a bit and in a very impressionable age as well. So this is a, as tender a situation as it can get. When Hadley was born, she was born in 2016. So that made our older son seven and our younger son five. So really, they have blinders on for the most part uh, in terms of accepting and loving their sister. Okay, um, And that's kind of the beauty and innocence of, of siblings is, is there's not that preconception of, of what that should be yeah. um so on that like as they've aged we've included them much more extensively in technical understandings of what was going on and and what our next steps are and, and all that um in terms of relationship i mean it's 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 trial by fire in some respect. Um, and, you know, statistically, if you look at the impact of, of having a child with disabilities on relationships, it's an incredible stressor. Um, but, but I think at the core of that, Christy and I found that, that our relationship was, was sound and supportive and we had each other to, to lean on. And it, when someone, we have a rule, you know, only one of us can break down at once. So if someone <laughs> is, 
is is not feeling it and crying and all that the other one's going to be strong but we take turns and and to this day there are times where we need to take turns um but but it's really been a testament to the strength of a relationship and and i'm just so fortunate to have a partner uh to 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 navigate raising all three of our children like that wow that's incredible you found more strength than you pulled closer together than than peeling apart it's it's commendable for you and your wife now you've obviously found peace in this i need you to share with me how you do that you're sometimes you find yourself in situations that 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 aren't uh, anyone's making or decision and and then you kind of have to come to terms with that and and it's it's like okay this is our reality what now and it's like Let's make the best of this. And I, I think I've made peace in sharing about our life and being authentic to the experience. It's not all cupcakes and roses, but there's a lot of beauty and just a lot of depth to my life that my daughter has offered me that in her absence, I, I would not be the same person I am today. So, so it's like embrace the growth uh embrace the experience feel what you feel but but ultimately develop an appreciation for the experiences you're being offered you're a truly remarkable man you and your wife i really appreciate you coming by and sharing your story with me um i would like for you to share with me also how would you like to be remembered from What's your experiences? How would you like to leave your mark in this world? I think there are stories worth telling. I think it's important for men to to be present in in parenting and parenting conversations. Uh, sometimes I think we're kind of back burners. So just giving a voice to a male perspective in in a disability parenting situation, I think is important, and I think it's important for my peers to to see that. You know, I'll, I'll say in a lot of my friendships and whatnot, we don't spend time talking about, um, we talk about parenting, but we don't talk about like the dirty side and the, you know, the real deep side of things. And so just being able to, to, to paint a picture and tell that story is, is I, I think what I'm after. It's incredibly commendable for you to find comfort in this type of pain. And it's just, I'm so glad that you came by and shared your story on another level with us so that we can see, you know, that it is uh, able to be worked through and in a positive way. It's not always a bad thing. You referenced it at the top of the interview that it's just different. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. And you help put things in perspective in that manner. And it's just incredible. So I want to thank you for coming by. Now, do you have any um, websites or anything where you're advocating that you would like for us to share with the audience? Primarily where we do our advocacy is on on Instagram, Truly Hadley. Uh, and we also share a lot of that same content through our Facebook page, uh, which is Truly Hadley Deeply. Thank you so much for coming by. Vince, it was great talking to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Leave Your Mark today. Tune into our next episode of Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. Be blessed. You just left your mark. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Listen to more episodes on demand. Just click Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. <laughs>